Oh, we got a guest today, guys. Get ready for the man. Cigar prop! Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast presented by Zeal Cigars. Zeal Cigars is your number one place to find the best house brand cigars on the internet or interwebs or whatever you prefer to call it. So, hey, we have a really good guest here today. I'm very excited. Dear friend of ours. Dear yeah, friend of the shop. he's not deaf. He's not deaf. I know I yell a little bit, but I, I think he's <laughs> I think he's okay. So, uh, this this guy, just so you know, we met, can we meet, can we meet like five, three, three or four years ago, maybe longer than that? God, it, it's it's one of those friendships that you know it, it's it's you know it's a good friendship when neither one of us can tell you when we met each other. Right. Like we've just all we, we've just always been friends forever. Or or you've worked really hard to forget about me. One of the other. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So uh, you know, this is Kevin Sham from Scar Prop. He is all over the interwebs, internet, and everything else. The social media guru, like I've never seen. This dude just produces excellence. Everything that he does is super creative, super amazing. He's going to be hired by some huge company if he hasn't already to do everything they do social media wise. I I made. I made a statement one time. We used to have a show together called Beard, Bearded Bros. We need, to, we need to revive that sometime because he's just so good in person and online. He's a great human being, one of my dearest, dearest, dearest people online that I keep in contact with. And I got to tell you what, I, I think I made a statement one time like, you know, social media can be dangerous. And Kevin's just like, I love it, dude. I love it. It's everything. I love it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, bro, just, just, just look at your value and worth. He's like, what are you talking about? Shut up. It's everything. Be quiet. You know? So it's, it's just, it's just awesome. But dude, you're, you're blowing up like crazy all over the place. I'm watching, I'm watching YouTube, your TikToks, your Instagram. You're like, you're number one influencer, bro. You know, uh, uh, we, we try it. Uh, there's so many in, influencers, promoters, whatever you want to call those people out there mm-hmm. that they, they get pigeonholed into that one platform. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and generally it's, it's either Instagram, Facebook or YouTube. It, it's never like a combination of the three. Right. Right. Um, it's always, always one. And I, I've just never been, I've never rested on my morals. And we've seen that with the YouTube crackdown, oh, you yeah. know, YouTube crackdown on all these channels mm-hmm. and these guys and gals were freaking out and i'm like yeah i'm cool i'm i'm big over on instagram i'm big over on tiktok i've got you know my i got pinterest i've got you know started you know getting with twitter so we've heard some good news uh heard good news yesterday with twitter with uh, elon musk saying that that he wants to create a youtube clone Oh, dude, you have no idea how excited I was about that. But I want to know what you're knitting for your Etsy channel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, uh, when when Kevin told me he had a Pinterest, I just asked him if he got his period already. I'm just, I mean, that's all it was. It was just so great. So I like teasing him. Pinterest, short form content, under 60 second idea pins. Uh Pinterest is the number two, number two search engine right now. People don't realize that. I know, dude. See, this is the thing I I super do, as I tease you and everything, I super do respect about you because you have your, your finger on the pulse of what works and what the algorithms are. And I just, I, I, I just don't care about that much, but like, I love love that you do and i love watching good guys i like watching good guys that i know are good guys and not like scum you know produce content and, yeah and, and guys who aren't fake you know like i i know you're the real real mccoy and i know you and i know you personally you know so like we we talk offline a lot so like to see to see you grow thrive and succeed i am a thousand on board with and excited see for. I, I don't know what videos you're seeing because i see him Half naked, cutting open bacon and eggs, dude, smoking a cigar in the Kevin. morning. Dude, that's <laughs> Kevin. That's the dude, man. I that's love it, dude. Is, I love you know? it. He's, he, he just, you know, I love it. 
Well, and that's it. You know, it, it, it's it's following trends. You've got to keep – see, the thing is, uh, you know, here's what differentiates me from most other influencers. I love social media. I love you do, dude. browsing, you do. searching. Yeah. So, so when you love social media and you're on it a lot, you start to see trends right. really early on. Right, when, right. when everybody's catching the tail end of the trend – I'll see a song like on TikTok or a video and I'll go to the creator or go to that song. I'm like, Ooh, this has like a thousand videos in a couple of days. This is going to pop. How do I create my, in my niche? How do I create a video that this makes sense? You know? So that, that's what I, you know, just try and keep up. Look at just um, a month ago, Ronnie Hesha, uh, the Habibi Hishi Hashi, he posted a video. It was a comment on someone else's, um, uh, Facebook and it was a, a George Burns on the tonight show Yeah, back 30 years ago. So I'm like, Oh, what a great video. I, you know, I've never seen that before. I took that video. I found it on online. Um, uh, just edited it, you know, to improve the sound, put it on a, a Instagram. That was five weeks ago. It's at 7.3 million views. That's amazing, dude. That is absolutely amazing, yeah. bro. That's so great. <laughs> It's nuts. We we went from eighty five hundred followers to now we're at twenty eight thousand. Yeah, dude, you're killing it. You're killing it, man. You are absolutely killing it. That's I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things that is is really really cool and stuff like that. I I think the thing that that's great. So when you're successful at something, I, I think it's it's important to. Like the thing that you have that, I, that I've not I've, I've not seen in other people is that you're still humble. You're still talking to people that that came up with you and everything else like that. And some people when they, they kind of feel themselves, you know, but I think there's a difference between like feeling yourself or you think you're, you're all that and you're and you're not all that yet. You know, if you would um, versus yeah. like the person who is like. You know, you could still if I if someone comes up to Kevin and goes, you don't know what you're doing on, on social media. It's very easy to go, uh, bro. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> bro, bro. I, yeah, oh, I, I, yeah. I kind of yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the guy who says, that you, Bradley, you don't know cigars. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that one, bro. I don't know about that one. I don't know every cigar, but I do know cigars, bro. So yeah, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, right. So I'm I'm super excited, and we're, we're and we're here. The the show is about cigars, masculinity, and culture, and stuff like that. And so a lot of things that we hit on here is about masculinity and culture and so on and so forth. And so we're talking about dudes and dude stuff like that. Obviously guys smoke cigars. I think we're, we're smoking a test blend today uh, for a new release that we're, we're coming out uh, with. Uh, it's going to be dark Prince 2023. Basically we had an old cigar called the dark Prince that was kind of a one and done. And we're, we're we have it reblended. We're talking to the manufacturer. We're excited about it. Um, but you, you, you're making some new cigars, dude. You're doing some cool stuff. So get prop your stuff, man. Go, 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 go ahead and tell, tell the people where they can find yeah. you and support you, man. Yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, I'm one of the uh, uh, the, the companies that have, if you search Cigar Prop everywhere, you're going to find Cigar Prop. We did start our new company, Trash Panda Cigars, mm-hmm. which is still a fledgling company. We're still not sure where that's going to go. Sure. But on the Cigar Prop side, yeah, we had the Back in Black, which we did with Espinosa mm-hmm. um, earlier this year. Um, they were supposed to start shipping the new uh, from Fratello, the vice versa, mm-hmm. um, uh, in October, but that got that got pushed back till uh, the beginning of next year. Okay, so uh, people will start seeing that cigar. Well, uh, hopefully, and we're getting kind of close. I got two cigars coming from Sinistro this year. Nice. Those are going to be Trash Panda exclusives. Nice. Super cool. Bradley, being a, I know you're a football fan, you're going to dig one of the one of the cigars. Um, the, the design, you know, I, I, you know, you, you are, you know, a mentor of mine when it comes to 
thinking outside the box when you're thinking of a cool name mm-hmm. or name people can gravitate towards. Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so we got two, uh, two from Sinistro out this year. We've got a, a couple other projects that, uh, that are in the works with a couple other manufacturers. Um, so yeah, we got, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for, uh, um, trash panda cigars. You know, and then of course with, with cigar prop as well on the on the media side of it, we're trying to try and keep the two businesses separate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh it's 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 getting harder, but <laughs> right, we, we still we've still been able to, to to manage it because, like I said, we've got the cigar prop at the I Tap That Cigar Show, which has its own sponsors, yeah, from other cigar companies, and then I have my own cigar company, Trash Panda Cigar, right, right, which I don't want to <laughs> mix. The, I don't I don't ever I don't ever try and mix those two because I don't want my sponsors. And yeah, advertisers yeah, yeah. be like, hey, you know, you, you know, you're kind of focusing on your own stuff. When you, yeah, you're, you're be focusing on what we're paying you for. Right. Well, you're so, also, you're also, I mean, you're kind of a small retailer now. So, I mean, as as a result of that, you're yeah. people are people are finding you and, and stuff like that, which is really really good. The thing, the thing that I think you do so incredibly well, like for a pure non-retail guy that just reviews stuff. I mean, you're so relatable, and you got the the steampunk thing going on, the beard, the, it, and you're just a great guy, man. It's, it, and we, we talked about this before on our shows together. You know, we're, you're an atheist. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian and our conversations about around religion, spirituality and everything like that are just so absolutely baller esque. They are incredible. I mean, they, they just are. I, I've, I've enjoyed, them. I've enjoyed every time we've talked every time it's been, it's been incredible, man. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun, and um, and like and like you said, you know, it's it's the look, you know, I, I I have that, I guess I have that look that, you know, relaxes people. It's like one of those like I I kind of like to have a beer with that guy. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, you know that, that's it. You know, you see, you, yeah. get, you get some of these guys in, in the industry. You know, they're all you know. You got like the you know I love Rocky. Rocky Patel, great guy. Shows right. up in a ten thousand dollars suit and right. the event. You're like, <laughs> right. he, he's he's kind of he's kind of not very approachable, you know, it's a, you know, even though he is a nice guy, you know, he just gives off that vibe. Like, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm a little in, unapproachable, but me, I mean, I'm only, you know, sunglasses, hat, short. And well, uh, yeah, you can, you know, you can always, you can always come up and see me. I, I promised a long time ago, regardless of the millions of dollars I make here or there or wherever else, uh, and we're getting ready to launch another company actually in on Halloween. So you'll, you'll get a chance to see what that's about. Um, but uh, it's, it's crazy because I, I always want to dress in uh, shorts and hoodie. You know, I want it to be cold enough out yeah. that I can re- wear a hoodie, but I always want to wear shorts, man. Uh, shorts and a hoodie, and I, I might put some jeans on here and there. I got I got four pairs of jeans. That's it. Uh, the rest of all my wardrobe is shorts and hoodies and t-shirts. You know, if you would, so because you can't yeah, wear you can't wear shorts. But I, I always want to I always want to be that by, and be that approachable and everything else like that. So um, I'm super super excited about it, and I'm th- super thrilled you're here, man. So let's jump into the topic today because I wanted to talk about this because it's coming up with a lot of guys and some of you, and Kevin. I think you know this already, but a lot of what I do in my private at time is mentor young men. So a lot of young guys come to me and they're, they're talking about, you know, life and, you know, pursuing, pursuing careers, getting married, things like that. And kind of some of the pastoral stuff that I do, you know, if you would. So it's, it's, it's interesting yeah. being, being out of the pulpit and my, my, my new pulpit's a cigar lounge, which is great because we can smoke behind the pulpit. Right. Uh, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's kind of fun. So life, life decisions, things like that. But recently um, I've run into a lot of guys who are, are really, really afraid to have children right now 
They're very afraid to have kids. They're very afraid to start families. They're very afraid even to get married, you know, and, and I was, I was like, I want to talk with somebody about this. And I know JB and I only have so much experience and it's good to have somebody that's a, a Florida man. I mean, you're not a Florida man, but you're Florida man. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I mean, when you say Florida man, you think of the craziest things like a guy robbing a Wendy's with an alligator. I, I, I'm a, I, I got Florida man DNA in me. So, yeah, I, bet know, I bet you do. I bet I think, you do. I think one time we had Kevin, uh, we had Kevin on something one time uh-huh. and we, we asked, I asked him that question. I was like, what is your, I think we were on a live with him and I was like, what's your percentage of Florida man? And he was like, it's probably, probably like 40% Florida man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. guys don't know what Florida man is, please Google it. Cause it'll just crack you up with all the stories that happened in Florida. Literally a guy robbed a Wendy's with a, alligator like i don't i don't know how you do that i don't know how i know i know a comedian made a big deal out of it in the sense of like you made a whole bit about it you say listen here yeah i don't get that hamburger i'm letting this gator loose but what do you do like did he take the gator in like they they throw it but they throw it through the drive don't make me take this duct tape off this gator i can't remember what the comedian was i think it was shane smith that did it it was funny it was funny yeah, I, th- I think my favorite one was the Florida man that got arrested after stealing a, uh, a Miami Dolphins jersey, um, and then then he and then he showed up in court in front of the judge wearing the jersey. Dude, that's you know, that's and, Florida. And, and, he, and he tried he, he tried to plead not guilty, and then uh, yeah, he was wearing the jersey. <laughs> So, yeah, that that is Florida, that is Florida man, dude. That is Florida man. Well, let's let's jump into the topic today because you know I know a lot of guys want to want to dig in on this a little bit. And why, Kevin? I'll start out with you. Why do you think more guys today? Uh, first off, they're, they're they're waiting a lot longer to get married. If you would, they're waiting a lot longer to get married, and uh, and they don't want to have children. They want to bring children up in the society. Why do you think that is? Because they saw how hard it was. Um, Growing up, so uh, so I, I'm the perfect example. I said uh, um, uh, my dad uh, married young, um, had had four kids. He worked two jobs the majority of of his life. You know, we didn't see my dad a whole lot. He was always working. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, um, so, some kids can grow up to resent that. You know, mm-hmm. to to never seeing their father. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood that. That yeah, that was an example for me. Right. That that here is a, a man that will do anything it takes. To, to make sure his, his family has a roof over their head mm-hmm. and has food on their table. Right. And for me, that was an in, inspiration. I, I think from the, the, the young men I, I, I've talked to about this subject, and it's not too often, but I have, you know, they, they see that, that they don't, they don't want to do the same thing. A lot of young men and women, like my daughter is so career driven right now. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't, she doesn't want to bring a child into this world right now because she you know she fears that that neglect that she won't be able to um maybe give it the, uh, you know the child the attention that that they deserve so mm-hmm. so i'm seeing a little bit of that you know and uh-huh. plus the fact that you know you know kids today aren't aren't or men today aren't men at, at 20 years old anymore they're men at 35 years old yeah what so let's 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 take a let's take a little bit of a of a dovetail on that you know why do you think that is? I mean, that we, we've talked about that, you know, um, a lot on the show, you know, what, what makes a masculine man and everything else like that, what makes men, you know, dudes and everything else like that. Why do you think that, you know, guys are taking so, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, studies even show that we know, we know that a man, a, a young man's brain doesn't fully de- develop till he's 25. You know, I would say mine was probably somewhere, somewhere around 45, but you know, so <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the reality is that, you know, they're, they're, their adolescence has been prolonged even longer now. I mean, so you see guys who are 
25, still, still, still doing what, what I'd say are kind of, you know, not childish things, but almost boyish things, if you would. And it doesn't mean not having a good time or, or having a good time is wrong or anything like that, but taking life by the reins and, and getting serious about different stuff. I see it all the time with the guys I chat with, you know, so why do you think that is? I don't know. because And, and what's strange is it wasn't a gradual, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it wasn't something that's gradual. It was one generation. Yes. Bam. Yes. Instant. You yes. know, it was, and I, it, it started with, you know, so I'm, I just turned 45, mm-hmm. you know, so my, my kids, my daughter will be 26. Uh, I got married real young too. My daughter will be 26 in a couple of weeks. My son is 24 mm-hmm. and it was, it was their gener. Now my daughter, I said, my daughter and son couldn't be further apart. My daughter, you know, 16, got her driver's license, wanted her first job. My son, bam, didn't get his driver's license till he's 18, wanted to live at home for, forever and it was just like, what is, it was an instant generation. And I, and I can't figure out what it, what it is. What is that mentality? Because to have two kids raised in the same house, just a couple of years apart, um, treated not differently, you know, and then that instant, just that one generation. And I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, we, we try and look at, you know, you know, things, you know, maybe external forces. I, I, I don't know the, the, the food they're eating, the, 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 the crap they're drinking. Mm-hmm. Is it video games? Is it what's on TV? Is it, you know, social media now? Um, you know, cause, cause my daughter is actually the first generation, um, that has not, not known cell phones. So from the day she was born, she's always had, they've always been smartphones right. on the planet. Right. So right. is, you know, is that, is that something? I don't know. So JB just mouthed something. JB, you, you wrote something down. Go ahead and, go ahead and t- chime uh, in. And, and, and among among us, I think I'm older. I think I'm four, I'm, I'm 48, you're 45. JB's 32. Mm-hmm. JB's 32. So he's the younger one. He's in that uh, kind of the older side of that generation. Go ahead. What's your, what's your thoughts I, on it? I think Kevin hit one of the sides right on the head. Like there's a fear, right? Whether it's Whether it's a fear of not being able to support, whether it's a fear of not being good enough, whether it's a fear of what it's going to do to your body on the female side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand all those. Um, but I think there's also, like, people don't know how to be selfless anymore. There's a selfishness to these new generations that are coming up where yeah. it's a very me, me, me driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I can even use my own oh, yeah. my own life in ex- as an example. Like, my wife is very... Like you said about your daughter, my wife was very career driven and mm-hmm. felt she needed to be at a very specific place in her career before she ever even thought about it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how well off we were or how well we were doing or what our position was before that. She had something in her mind mm-hmm. that she needed to get to personally before she felt okay with that. And, th- mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think I think there's a big a big selfishness that has started to come around uh, a lot of the younger generations where um, they're really thinking about themselves more and not really caring about a lot of the other people around them. Right. What well, what's what's really interesting about this is, is my 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 experience in this is really interesting. I got I got married young. I was a month into twenty one, and I uh, my wife didn't want to have kids. So she she didn't want to have children, you know, initially. But we we talked about it. She goes, I, I I think I I think I might want to. I'm not sure. And so, it was very kind of touching. Our first five years of our marriage, we didn't have any children. You know, we just toured and stuff like that. I was a I was a speaker for a, a large ministry and stuff like that. So went around the country and really enjoyed myself and enjoyed my time with her and everything like that. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It was it was great. I think the uh, when when we had Savannah, 
uh, it was it was it was shocking off for her. Yeah, I mean, it was shocking off for me in the sense of like, if you really, if you really want to know how selfish you are, get married. If you really want to, yeah. you really want to know how selfish you are, have a kid. Yeah. If you want to take selfishness to a next level, have more than one. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the most selfish creature on the on the planet because they don't care about if you got sleep or not. They don't care how work went. They don't care anything like that. You come well, home and they're just like, dad, 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 dad. You know, and you have to be selfless in order to raise a kid. You I, do. I think you see it in even like relationships not being what they were anymore between kids, right? Because. Mm-hmm. I think that they they're even selfish in those relationships where they don't want to they don't want to take their time mm. because they have things that they need to do or adventures that they need to take. Mm. So they don't want to give their time to somebody else just for the sake of giving their time to somebody else. Yeah, it, it used to be uh, Kevin you can, you can probably speak this cuz both of us are older. I mean we're we're kind of Gen Xers so the yeah. um the it used to be that you you were born and raised in a place and you stayed there for the family. You know, that your family yeah. was from a city and you, your family had, you know, whether it was a farm or career or... Yeah, it takes you, a village. Yeah, those type of things. And now we see people growing up and then you go to college and you go away, you know, from where you were and then you come back and you're different because college, you know, whether right or wrong, whether, whether you believe it or not, it changes you. It just does. I mean, college or going away, going away or getting out on your own military, even it changes you. So you come back and you feel like you maybe don't fit there anymore. You know, I, I know that from my I know that I ended up in Phoenix because my time when I was with uh, large ministry, I was talking about um, speaking all around the country. I saw so many different places. I mean, San Diego, Seattle, New York. I mean, Boston. I, I was all over the all, all over the United States. Belize we went, all, went down to Belize. And I was like, I mean, life is much bigger than Ohio much bigger than Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, this is, this is crazy. There's other people out there that I, I, I think I could make a go at it in another city that, and so when we came to Phoenix, we knew nobody here, nobody at all. And, and started making our life. I, I, and one of the reasons I did that is because my parents are so well known in Cincinnati that they're so well connected. I wanted to see if I could go out and fly by myself, you know, so that I could, I could go ahead and just be who I was somewhere else. If you would, um, and that yeah, was, yeah my, yeah, my daughter felt that here, here in town too. Like everybody knew me in town, you know, I ran a couple of businesses and mm-hmm. she couldn't go anywhere. It was like, Oh, you're Kevin's daughter. You're Kevin's daughter. Like, right. No, I'm Amber. Right. I'm Amber. Right. Right. You know, so my, my sister's, my, my kids experiencing that, experiencing that now they experience. So it's, it's funny cause I'm, so now talking as a dad of one of my kids that have left the nest, you know, Savannah's gone. Um, my son will be gone next year and my daughter, Madeline will probably be in school, stay close, if you would, and go to college here. Um, that's that's what she wants to do. And but when Savannah left, I dude, I was absolutely devastated. I was like, I, I I want her to live her life. I want her to experience everything that I experienced and everything else like that. I was not happy in any way, shape, and form of losing my daughter out of state. I just wasn't. I was like, this is I, yeah. first. I don't fly. I don't like flying, and I have to fly in yeah. January to go see her. You know, um, but the second thing is like, you know, she was she was here and she was somebody that, you know, we could depend on. She was a an employee of zeal at one point. You know, I, I, I just I think that, you know, that that loss and stuff. So so I raised I raised three kids and I'm, I'm super pro kid, man. I'm, I'm I'm more pro kid than I am anything else, probably. Um, and I, I think that what it does to you and if you're it, it, so it's. Let me backtrack a little bit and say that um, when 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 re- when studies are released from Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and other universities 
by people who are not at all, at all um, interested in keeping the nuclear family together. I don't want to go into all the details of it, but the studies have been released and they don't they don't want to admit this. But when they come out and they say the number one person in a society, okay, in any kind of society that has ever kept it together is one person and one person alone. It's and you can track it all back to the fall of Rome, Persia, every every great empire, every great city, every great everything. You can track it back to one person that keeps it all together, and that is the father. That is the father. It is the fa- the father who loves the mom, loves the kids, and does everything he can, you know, for them. We and I experienced that with my family. My dad, my dad did the same thing, very similar to you, Kevin. My dad was was working hard like crazy all the time. Uh, I didn't see him a lot as a kid, and our, and our relationship really grew. If you would, after I after I actually left the house, um, yeah, and it, and it's great now. But so if you take that, if you take, if you minimize the impact of fathers in a society, well, then you then you have, I think, probably kids afraid. There's there's no there's no role models, if you would, anymore, or it's so rare. Yeah, you, so so you're right. So you, you look at you know Jessica, you know our, our you know her son. You know, I say mm-hmm. our son. He, he is. He yeah, my son, her son Grant. You know, yeah, he, yeah. You know, he, he 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 was lost for a couple of years. He joined the army, doing fantastic airborne assault now. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he he was he was a lost teenager, and Jessica one hundred percent take takes the blame for that. She goes, "I didn't know how to raise a son," you know, because right. his, his father, right. you yeah. know, I mean, she you know, was out out of you know out of the picture since he was a baby. Mm-hmm. Was, I didn't know how to raise a boy, mm-hmm. you know, in in, in today's world, and she one hundred percent takes takes onus for, you know, for him being lost. She did a fantastic job because he never got in trouble. Right. You know, he was a right. great kid, but he was, but he was lost. He, he had no, no direction. Well, um, and, until one day, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm going to join the army. Well, you can, you can track it back to why women feel that they are so alone now. I mean, if, if you don't have fathers or guys that want to be fathers, that means that they, they typically don't want to get married either. And they don't want to yeah. raise a family, and so as a result, those those people are gone. Women are, are are I mean, this is this is this is why the feminist movement has been just bonkers as far as like exploding at the seams, and it's really deceiving to women in some ways because they're like, you don't need a man, you don't need this. And I tell you what, one of the most great Bible verses I've ever heard in my entire life is that, you know, men are not independent from women and women are not independent from men. It's just, it's It's you're better for having women in your life. I'm better for having women in my life. Women are better for having us in our life, in their lives and, and so on and so forth. Independent of that. Okay. We really get screwed up. We really do both sexes. They really get screwed up. I mean, one, and we have to, we have to overcompensate and we can't. So I, I've said this before and I, I stand by it completely. I know it's really controversial now, but never was, was before. But to attest to what Jessica said, women cannot bestow masculinity. It's something only men can do. You know, it's something a father should do. You know, and and men cannot bestow femininity. You know, they they, they just can't. You know, it's it's impossible. You, you can't teach. I can't teach. I can't teach my daughters how to be feminine. You know, or or how to be a girl yeah. and everything else like that. And and I shouldn't be expected to. If you would, and I shouldn't expect the schools, and I shouldn't expect the colleges, I shouldn't expect any of them to do that. I should expect mom, you know, in, in that regard. And if I'm loving mom and taking care of mom and everything, it's going to be great. But I, I think that we can track back to maybe some of the, some of the reason that guys aren't, you know, wanting to have kids or raise a family or anything else like that, is because of the failure, you know, of of men in general. That's that's us, you know, um, that we haven't really particularly been helpful in being fathers. 
you know, in that regard. So, and every dad makes mistakes. I'm not, I'm, guys, I'm not sitting here trying to harp on you and say if you're a dad and, you know, you don't feel like a good dad and everything else like that or, you know, like I'm, I'm the perfect example. I'm not, man. I struggle with my kids too, you know, so don't, don't think that. But there are things that there's commitments that I made that I stuck to in raising my kids that are, that I have seen, I have, that I, seeds that I planted when they were in high school, junior high, and elementary school in particular that I have seen bloom brilliantly in my kids, you know, and the decisions they've made and everything else like that. And I'm like, this is really, really good. This is real. I, I see that. And I, and they don't, they don't, it's crazy, man. I, I, I'll get choked up thinking about this, man. But when, uh, when I was, when I was, when I was talking to my son a long time ago, he had to make a decision about something when he was in eighth grade and I encouraged him to make the right decision about it. And, uh, he uh and this goes this goes about discipline and this goes about um uh about about obeying your your parents when my kids were young i wanted them to obey me because they they feared the punishment right so like you know when they're when they're little my son's two years old and he's running towards a road that's very busy you know i grab him i spank him i'm like son you don't do that this is why you could you could die and dad loves you and everything else like that and you're important to me now in that moment of discipline my son's not looking at me going like well, this is the greatest thing in the world. I feel really bonded. My dad, it's great. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's crying and yelling and screaming. Right. Uh, later on, he recognized I did that for his good. And now my son, it, 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 just one of the craziest things in the entire world. He came in, he came in the other night and, uh, and this is rare for Camden. He came in the other night and he goes, uh, Hey dad, can I, can I just, can I just hug you? I'm like, yeah, boy, come here. You know, I gave him, he just, and he hugged on me. He didn't let go. And I'm like, and he's like, he's like, thank you for everything. Thank, thank you for, for being there for me. Thank you for, and I was like, Did something happened tonight. Did something go on or anything else like that. And he's like, no, I just, somehow I recognized in the last three months, like you've really been here the whole time. You've been here for me, you know? And I was like, I'm, I'm always going to be here, son. I'm, I'm not going anywhere, you know? And yeah, you know, it, 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 and I don't want to interrupt with it, but it's, 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 it's uh, um, uh, families now, mother, mothers and fathers, that want to be uh, friends before they want to be, you know, oh. you know, uh, a parent. You know, it, it's you know, I don't, I don't want to scold, scold them. Yeah. I, I want to be, I want to be their friends. But the, you know, the story that you told reminds me of a, a Proverbs twenty two six: Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So your son, you know, you, you know, he, you know, he may not recognize it, right. you know, but you right. know, he's not going to run out of traffic when he's 25 because he, you know, subconsciously he's going to remember, Oh yeah. you know, that Absolutely. moment when he was five and he got his butt whooped for, you know, or yeah. got a scolding, right. you know, for, for wanting to run out of traffic. And nowadays, you know, you, you kid runs out of traffic and, you know, mom wants to be a friend or dad wants to be a friend and mm-hmm. not scold them. And, you know, and it's, it, it, it's mind boggling when, when I see that I'm like, that, that, that kid is not your friend. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's not your job. You're not raising a friend. You didn't buy a friend, make right. a friend. You were trying, <laughs> trying to, you know, raise a child, you know, to right. take over your place in this world when you're gone. And, right. And that, you know, you need to set an example. So that kid sets an example, you know, to the rest of the world that I was raised by good people. Absolutely, man. That That's a, and that, and that's, I mean, maybe at epidemic proportions that I see where, you know, parents are like, you know, this, you know, I, I raised a, I raised a good kid. And now they're my friend. Like when they're adults, you can be that with your kids, which is cool. 
but like when when they're younger man that 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 ability to swallow whatever you think culture is trying to sell you of negotiating with your kid or participation medals for your kid or anything else like that i want I, i'll tell you a story that my my son understands the difference of, of loss and winning like this is just and I, and it's funny because we used to make fun of that in movies not too long ago like participation trophies and everything like that. And that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. So oh, yeah. my, my son was, I think he was probably about eight or 10 years old, eight to 10 years old. And uh, he was a really good soccer player and we wanted him to uh, try another sport. And uh, so his friend was playing basketball. So he went ahead and played basketball. And dude, to say that he was horrible at basketball is an understatement. He was so bad. <laughs> I mean, the coach looked at me three or four times like, dude, seriously. I mean, like, I mean, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I would go in the park and try to bounce it. He was not interested. And he's like, I said, we, we don't quit. He came to me three or four times. Like, I want to quit. I'm like, we don't quit. We stay till the end. Okay. And then we're done. We'll never play it again. But I want you to experience this. So it was a community league and everything like that. The very last day they gave out medals and his team was last place. Right. They gave out medals. Yeah. And, and they, and I looked at, I looked at my son. I said, just so you understand, he says, Dad, can we get ice cream? He said, the very last thing we could get ice cream. I'm like, absolutely. We're going to get ice cream but we're going to go take this medal and we're going to do something with it, okay? And he's like, okay, I don't even know why we have this medal. This is weird because we lost. And I'm glad my son <laughs> saw that. I'm like, right? You don't give medals to losing people, right? So, and, and I'm like, okay. And so we go down to a river next to our house, and I said, I want you to take this medal, and I want you to chuck it in the river because it means nothing. It means nothing, son. And he chucked it so hard, and he was like, he looks at me afterwards, and he goes, Glad that's over, you know. And it just went, got ice cream. It was great, you know. But I mean, like uh, those moments, he'll he'll come back to that moment again and again. Like, yeah, I didn't deserve that medal. I didn't I didn't do anything to earn that medal. I have to I have to earn my way through life. I have to earn earn the respect of people. I have to earn certain things. It's not something that should be given to me. And nowadays, people a lot of times with kids are just giving out. You know, oh, you well, you did you did a really good effort. It's fine to give a good effort, but to to guarantee equal outcome for everybody is absolutely horrible and it just it, it creates yeah, it creates it, generations it, of people who expect you know to be given things all their life you're 100 right you know that there are parents that would that would post their put that medal up on their wall for their son like always look at that just know you tried your best and and you got a medal you got an award you know you you did good you know and it's like no you're you're not teaching you're not teaching anything good right there you know, you're not, you're not teaching anything that the kids should have gotten nothing. And then that medal was, was the prize for coming back next year, next season and strive harder because they, they wanted that medal. They, they wanted to do right. good. They wanted to do better, but they come back next season and they're like, Oh, it doesn't make a difference what we do. Going to get another medal at the end of the year. So let me ask the millennial in the room if you ever got a uh, a medal before, Justin. Have you ever got a medal for participa participating in anything? Yeah, when I waxed those asses on the track. <laughs> no, I never got participation medals, dude. Right. I, you know what? That's no. not. That's not. I, I I did get a couple. I, I I did get a couple. There was a couple bowling tournaments. Um, one of them I didn't win, but I got a trophy because of the score that I had. Okay. Um, but you still did something for it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it had the score on it, and it was like. When you were that, when we were that young, if you bowled anything over like a one fifty, uh -huh. they would automatically put it on a like a bowling pin trophy and put your put your score on it because kids don't bowl over one hundred and fifty right, very right. often. Um, that's probably the closest thing I had to a participation trophy, I or mean, like or like a medal for like a like a track event that I would go to mm -hmm. and like um, 
I think I got a ribbon. I got a ribbon a couple times because I didn't place in the top three in long jump. I placed in like the top 10 mm-hmm. and I've gotten ribbons before, mm-hmm. um, but never. But we're, you weren't at the tra- bottom of the pack though. No, no. Yeah. Tra- track's yeah. a little bit weird for that example, but mm-hmm. no, I've never, I've never received like, especially in basketball or baseball, mm-hmm. any trophy I have is because we freaking won that snuff. Right, right, right. hundred yeah. percent. And it used to be that when they gave yeah. out, when they gave out varsity le- letters, if you were a starter or something like that. You know, I didn't start on all the varsity teams I played on, but you would have a, a, a bar or something like that to, to differentiate you that you didn't this isn't just a participation trophy. Oh, dude, you, you know, you got you got bars for being starters mm-hmm. or captains or season now. You had to start now, X amount of games, score yeah. X amount of runs in baseball, score X amount of tracks for your track team mm-hmm. or X amount of points. You had to you had to hit these milestones in order to even get a letter. Right. And there's there's no there's no tryouts anymore. You ever notice that? What? No tryouts. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Every, everybody, everybody gets on. Mm-hmm. three hundred people on the baseball team. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, like I, I don't know about baseball. I just know in football because I, I coached it. But and then, and then the pressure you get from parents that everybody plays. Mm. The pressure you get from parents oh, that everybody yeah. plays, and you have to you have to sacrifice quality. You know, now I can imagine some of these coaches have to sacrifice quality for like just keeping parents happy. I got a know? whole. I got a whole nother oh, yeah, freaking yeah. wildfire when it comes to coaches yeah, and yeah. tryouts and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 you know, cause every parent, you know, my, my kid's the best, my kid's the best. And that's all they ever hear. <laughs> and then the kid's like, mom, I'm the best. Why am I not playing? Right. And the coach doesn't want to say you suck. You're bad. You don't show up to practice. You don't give your hundred percent, but, but your mom or your dad is like, you're the best one on the team. You should be playing. And the kid gets that mentality. Yeah. I, I am the best one on the team. And, uh, yeah, no, I, you, you, you don't show up for practice. You don't do good. You don't play. I had that happen to me my senior year in high school. Um, I actually lost scholarships to some pretty big-name schools um, because they felt it was – I transferred schools halfway through my junior year, so they had already been two games into the basketball season, and they didn't want me to join my junior year because they already started. I honored that. Mm-hmm. My senior year, I was one of two people cut from the team. It became a huge fiasco to the point to where other schools were coming and trying to pull me out of that school. And, uh, it was, it was a really big deal. Um, and, uh, I was one of two players cut that year, both of us seniors. And it was because the kid that they wanted to keep, his parents paid a lot of money to the school board Mm. and he had played in the program his whole, like literally went to that school his whole life. Right. Right, So they were like, it's unfair to cut somebody who was a part of the program for this many time and somebody who pays money into the school systems. Right. And then this kid goes on vacation and misses eighty percent of the games. Wow! Wow! He he just I mean eighty percent of the games. So that's right into Kevin's basket of like, yeah. If they won something, that dude doesn't deserve anything of that. He wasn't there. So if these guys are growing up, so let's let's go back to the original topic. So if these guys are growing up, where you know participation trophies were were king, and you know the but i but i see your generation justin in particular cuz they're they're the young fathers right now so or going to be or soon to be see i think a lot of my generation has kids yeah it's the i think it's the couple after mine that are really getting squirrely really yeah really cuz i uh, i i couldn't i maybe have one two i maybe have three or four close friends that don't have kids okay okay but they also don't have relationships and haven't had a serious one for 10 years and I think I think that's that's the thing too is that when you're when you're not taught you know by a dad and we have a, a father epidemic that we're talking about ultimately is when you don't have, we don't have a father teaching you what it means to court a woman, take a wife, 
create a life and everything and get your own stuff together before you ever invite somebody let, else into your chaos, you know, then it becomes a, 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 a lack of even knowledge. Let me throw okay. another stick on this. Okay. Do you think that with how much women have to work now to support themselves in a lot of situations because the men aren't there, are they able to be the right person that they need to be so that their daughters turn into women? the right, you know, the women that they want their daughters to be the same way that, you know, we're talking right. about men not having that, that same kind of guidance to teach a man how to teach, a, how to treat a woman. Are they also getting shorthanded on the fact of like being able to, how do you, how do you treat a man? How do you have a relationship I, with a man? I think Kevin and I can both answer this maybe in the same way, maybe different. If, um, so Kevin, we both have daughters and, and, yeah. and so one of the benefits of being a father to a daughter is you can be affectionate with her so that she's not looking for it somewhere else. Does that make sense? And so what you have, not yeah. yeah, not in a creepy way. Yeah, obviously, yeah. don't. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Just, but just because there's weirdos out there, right? There, there's nut jobs that listen. <laughs> that's fine. They can they can think whatever they want. But the the reality is that when you're when you're affectionate with your little girls and you hug them and you you hold them and everything else like that, there's a security with that. Yeah, tell them you love yeah, them. Exact, tell them they look exactly. pretty. Yeah, yeah. So when the when a dude find, yeah. so when when a dude was ready to come marry Savannah. Okay, when a dude was coming, he she knew first off he has to he has to pass my dad's test. He has to be somebody that he's got to be somebody that I present to my father that he's going to be okay with. That was the first thing she knew. Otherwise, I was not going to bless it, and I would have lots of questions, and I just I could never see it happening. And so, when when Ethan came to Ethan, my son-in-law, when he came to ask to date Savannah, and he'd been after her for like two years, and I, he'd been to the shop, smoking cigars and everything like that. They met at church, and I told her, I told him very clearly, he was like, I, I'm really, I really like Savannah. I said, play the long game, man. She'll come around. Play the long game. Trust me. Form a friendship with her, somebody you really like, and then she'll, she'll understand. And she did, ultimately, obviously. And, but when he came and asked Savannah, you know, asked for Savannah, Savannah knew that I would be so impressed with Ethan that he's a man's man, that he's got his life together, that he's going forward, and he's ready to take her on a venture, and she's the beauty, that the, the queen of his life. And, and he, I knew that. And so when he asked me, he said, hey, can, Bradley, I want to talk to you. And he came to my house on a Saturday, which I don't do anything on a Saturday. I don't like, I don't like to do anything unless I'm riding my bike or you know something else like that. So he interrupted my Saturday because I'm watching college football. The Bucks are obviously whooping up. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, there you go, baby. And so it, it was it was crazy because he says, I want, I want to talk to you. Can you pause the TV. And I'm like, whoa, it's Ohio State time. Right? Yeah. Pause the TV. Yeah. Because this is kind of serious. I'll, I'll turn it down a little bit. Right, yeah. right, right. And so and so I went and got my son. I think I told you the story before. I went and got my son Camden. And I said, before you say anything, I want you to recognize that not only I am I am tasked with protecting Savannah, but his my son, if I can't do anything, he will do it for me. Do you understand that? So go up, be careful about your next words and go ahead and ask you what you want. And so it was very serious meeting. And he's like, I'd like to date your daughter. Um, I feel like I can, I can provide for her. I feel like I could, you know, I, I will honor everything. And I'm like, okay. I looked at my son and my son was just beaming. He was like, he likes Ethan. I mean, it wasn't a hard conversation yeah. really. And I was like, and, and he was like, thanks dad for that opportunity. I'm like, yeah, I want him to know that's important. My daughter is so secure in my love. And so if a girl isn't secure in her father's love, she knows she needs, she knows she needs a man. Okay. To help complete her life. And, and, a, and a guy needs a girl to help complete his life. That's part of yeah. like not I mean, being independent, you know? I mean, what you gave me as an example is how you taught your daughter, how she should be treated by men. 
Absolutely. But your Absolutely. wife is the one that taught her how to treat a man. Yes. That's yes. what I'm getting at. Yes. Is are, yes. are women also being shorted by the fact that they have single mothers who have to work and maybe yes. they're not there yeah. to be yeah. the mother the same way that the father needs to be there to be the father yeah. for, for both parties, really. Right, right. What do you think, it, it, Kev? Exactly. You can't, you, can't, you can't have your daughters, you know, going out looking for what they never had. Mm. Like, when you see, like, my daughter and I out in public, mm-hmm. like, we're holding hands. Like, I'll hold hands with my daughter. Yeah. Like, when we when she's over and we're sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. like, we're touching. We're sitting next to each other. We're, yeah. you know, I got my arm around her. She's got her arm around me, you she's know. She's a baby girl, dude. Yeah, feels, absolutely. She, yeah, she, she, she feels that love. She, mm-hmm. she when, when, when she leaves my house or we're not together, she doesn't have to, you know, like, oh, you know, where am I going to get, you know, where am I going to get this love from, you mm-hmm. know, but cause she knows she just, you know, her, her dad's there. Like I said, we're just, we, we have that, that bond. Yeah. I mm-hmm. always tell her that we have that spark mm-hmm. and, um, it's just, uh, uh, it's just, I mean, you know, it. it's that daddy Absolutely. daughter spark Absolutely. that we have. So it's like, she, so she knows no matter what, no matter what happens, the, the mm-hmm. smallest thing, the biggest thing, there is nothing life can throw at her that I can't fix Absolutely. and she knows that well whether 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 I can or not you yeah. know there, there are yeah. things that like that I I don't have the ability to do but she doesn't know that because right. she knows that no matter what happens dad's got it dad's got it and, you know and, and um you know so there's no, nothing I can do that he can't help me with and that's that's such a that's a, such a great testament to how it should be you know with a father loving his daughter and so that when some young creep comes up and is like, hey, let me take you out, and and looks at you and goes, what's up, pops? And you're like, my name is not pops. Yeah. My name is Sir or Mister yeah. Reith. It's not pops, bro. Just so you know, yeah. you know. So, and I, <laughs> and, and, and that's important. So, like, she she knows the difference between the creep and 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 the knight, if you would. You know, she knows the difference between the the, the one that wants to win her heart and the one just wants to use her body. You know, and I think that's yeah. one of the things. But I I see that happening with young men in particular where they're like, okay, this is a, this is a new, a new day and a new age. And if you're just dating through internet apps at that point, you know, you don't have a father to come to. You don't have a father to come to. If you're just dating through internet apps and there's no, there's no family intact or anything that you have no father to come to, you have nobody guarding the girl's heart. It, it's, it, it, I'll say this and I, and I can't, we kind of got to wrap up our time here, but uh, final, final thoughts on that was, I know that there's other women in my life Okay, other 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 daughters whose fathers have passed away and or whose fathers are gone that consider me that guy like, you know, I go by Mr. Bradley. It's weird um, that Mr. Bradley will care, you know, and, and if a guy's going to come and, and talk to me, he's, he's, he's like, and, and vice versa. Literally had a guy sitting in our lounge. Guys will bring their girls in here just like, hey, Bradley, can you talk to this girl and you know, find out about her and see what you think if she's worth my time? And I'm like. Yay or nay, bro. Like this time, so I've been like that. No way, dude. No way. I mean that that's a that's a that's a bad that's a bad ride, and you don't want to go on it. Trust well, me. Well, and it's not random yeah. people coming in and sitting down. These are these are guys we know. Exactly. Yeah. They, exactly. So it's not just like two people come in, sit down, and we're like, Nah, dude, not that one. We know the fellas. And, and, and then, you know, and that that's the um, you know the testament you know uh, to cigar smokers in yes. general. You know, we're, right. we're men, you know, when my, when my daughter a couple of years ago moved down to uh, Miami, Pembroke Pines to take a job at a, a hospital down there, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't know the area. Like I said, you know, what if something happens? And, then, and that was a big scare for me, too, because that's four hours away. You know, right, like, right. So if something happens to my daughter, she's four hours from, mm-hmm. from me. You know, so the very first thing I told her, I said, wherever you're at, you know, where, where you move, I go, Google 
you know, and I, I'm telling you, this is what I, t- I told her. I go, Google cigar lounges near you. I go, if anything happens, anything on the road, somebody's hassling you, whatever happens, I go, go to your nearest cigar lounge. I go, you're going to find a group of guys that are going to take care of you. That's wisdom, dude. That's wisdom. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. I tell you yeah. right now, she walked into our cigar shop and something fishy was going down. <laughs> he walked into the wrong freaking one, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're always yeah. half, we're yeah, always half cock looking yeah. for a fight anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, I want to thank you so much for listening to the show. This has been Kevin Cigar Prop Shahan. Kevin is awesome and everything else like that. Make sure you listen to the beginning of things so you can hear everything that Kevin is. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on the podcast. Probably our, our, our biggest celebrity we've had on, obviously. He's so great. If you don't know about him, go to CigarProp.com. Go to Trash. Tell them tell where to find you, Kev. So CigarProp.com or TrashPandaCigars.com. Perfect, um, perfect. Either one, you can find us on, on all the social medias. And and if J.D. Uh, Brad, do you ever want to continue the conversation with, with women? You know, Jessica, she's a cigar yes. smoker. Yeah, that's you know, true. I'm sure, I'm sure she'd oh, be yeah. more, more, more than happy to, to chime in and kind of give the uh, the woman's perspective yeah you yeah know, of, she's a sweetheart uh, too of, she's of awesome ra- of raising yeah raising raising kids on her own and you know and being in the cigar community herself she's awesome dude she really is you're, you're absolutely right we'll, we'll contact her about that later on because we do get a lot of requests for like hey do the woman part of this and i'm like i'm not a woman you know so <laughs> yeah. you know it'll be it'll be it'll be great to have her as a, as a resource on that for sure so well guys this has been the cut light and smoke podcast uh, here with JB and Bradley at, again with our guest Kevin Shan. I want to thank him for coming on. So, with that said, guys, we are out of here like last year. But before we say goodbye, make sure you drop us a comment on our email at cutlight cutlight smoke podcast all one word at gmail.com. Again, cutlight smoke podcast all one word at gmail.com. With that said, peace.